and I got to be a fanboy a little bit. <laughs> and talk to her about working for, for the company and marketing and whatnot. Yeah, my wife was like, oh my God, will you please shut up? <laughs> this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, and we are excited because today we're getting to do one of our favorite kinds of show, and that is a show about first-time cruisers. We were recording this on a Sunday, and Sam and I were downstairs having coffee, and I told her what kind of show we were getting ready to do, and she said she's excited, and I'm excited too. We love talking to first-time Disney cruisers, but let me start by welcoming our guest to the show, our first-time Disney cruiser. Welcome, Gino. Thank you, Brian and Sam. It is my humble honor to be on with you all. I'm a, I'm a fan. Oh, thanks, Gino. I love talking to first-time Disney cruisers and hearing about their experiences. This is, as I said to Brian this morning, this is my favorite, my favorite topic because I love, you know, sort of the magic of the first time and and hearing what people think. It's uh, for good and bad, frankly, but it's always a fun experience. So, thanks for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we always love hearing from our listeners. And Sam actually remarked the other day, we have fans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had a, we had someone write in to let us know that they were doing their inspire test recently at the port and that the uh, person administering their COVID test saw their sticker or our magnet for the DCL duo and said, are you the DCL duo? And they said no and sent us a note to let us get a fan <laughs> over there. But I'm always amazed that there are even two of you out there listening. So thank you to everyone out there who listens each week. We really appreciate it. But, uh, we want to talk to Gino. So Gino, we always like to start our show with folks' Disney and cruising background. So you want to tell folks about your background with Disney and cruising? Sure. Oh, like uh, that's one of my favorite parts of listening to your podcast is, is hearing everyone's stories and how we're all kind of connected. Um, I, I grew up, uh, I had relatives in the Tampa St. Pete area. We would travel there quite a bit as, as youngsters my, with my parents and I re- I don't really remember. I, th- I think I remember my dad on the way back from Tampa riding through Orlando and told me this is where they're going to build a Disneyland. And it was on our way up to Daytona to go to Marineland. Next time I heard about it, my dad was an engineer for a textile firm here in South Carolina, and he won tickets to Disney World. And that was back when you could only ride a certain amount of rides. You got like what? E-ticket rides. E-tickets. Oh my goodness. And we went, my sister was, is is eight years younger than me. So she was, you know, a toddler and I was, you know, whatever, nine, 10, something like that. And that was the first time I went. And since then now I've been between both East Coast, West Coast over 40 times. I have the great, I guess, opportunity that I speak um, on marketing and things. And I've had so many conventions, workshops at either Disney or Disneyland. And so I will go to the parks by myself. So I've got quite a history and it's really connected back to a lot of it with my parents. And I decided, my sister and I decided to take at that time, our 86 and 83 year old mom and dad to Disney in 2019, right before COVID. And my dad said he felt like that was his going to be his last time. And I was like, oh, I don't, there's no way it's going to be your last time. You're going to be able to do it. And ended up, it, it was, he unfortunately got COVID and passed in January of last year. And mm-hmm. so it was really my whole full circle is, it, it was really heartfelt for me to 
hear the minister of his church talk about my dad sharing how special that trip was. So Disney is uh, really special. I'm a new DVC about the time that my dad got COVID. I, I bought DV in DVC at Saratoga. And so it's, it's, it's bittersweet, but in a really great way. And this cruise was my wife's surprise for me for Valentine's of 2020, right when COVID hit. And so it was canceled. And so we really looked forward to this cruise. We kind of added on and took it from a four night cruise to this full week right before Christmas. Well, Gino, we're we're so sorry for your loss, but we're so thankful that you were able to take that one last trip with him before it all, before the world all changed. Uh, well, thank you. You know, that in itself, I look back at it, my sister and I look back at it and and it puts a really more smiles on our face than tears in our eyes. And, you know, part of it was just the special things. My parents love the food scene at Disney. Uh, we always really ate well at Epcot and um, <laughs> from, you know, from just about really everything. So it was really great to go there and be able to enjoy those dinners with him. So I, I really appreciate it, Sam. But, you know, that it, we all face this. And I think that's one of the great things about Disney. And I know you, you all have a son and I have a grandson that's three. You know, part of the reason that I bought DVC is is to take him and bring him into the love that I've had and I shared with my parents. Well, Gina, we were talking briefly before the show about your cruising experience, and uh, it sounds like you've got one cruise early on in life, but this was kind of your first experience back with cruising later in life. Is that is that right? What's your what's your cruising experience like? That that's correct. I I cruised. As a 20-year-old recent college graduate with a few of my friends on Carnival, we had a great time. We had a great time. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember a lot about it, but <laughs> actually, a, a few things. I know that we cave snorkeled, and every now and then, I I can uh, see some of those old school analog photos that I took, and and uh, it was a it was a great cruise. And it's so funny that when my wife and I we got married about 15 years ago. I joked about, you know, it'd be great to do a Disney cruise. And she's, she, I've had to drag her along a little bit to get Disney into her heart. So let's just say that, which is, but my brother-in-law, who carries the torch for Disney and Mickey and Minnie as much as I do. Part of this was convincing my wife, which was so surprising. I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, I broke down in tears when she told me for Valentine's that we were going on a Disney cruise and mainly because it was her initiative. And so I knew that, you know, she was a little bit apprehensive about jumping on this cruise. She had no experience, but her sister did. And she said, you're going to love it once you get on the board, on board. And, and so, it, it, like you said, Sam, I think the really interesting thing for a first timer is, and I would consider myself a first timer too, especially at the level of Disney, from what I can remember of Carnival and now, now what my experience is, there was no comparison. It was with wide-eyed enthusiasm for so many things. I think it was great for my soul. It was great for us as a couple to experience it, which I think is unique because we didn't have a children with us. And, and I think that's always kind of the thing that people ask us is, you went on a Disney cruise and you don't have kids? How was it? You're just two adults. And we loved it. That was an experience that I think, you know, I hope some of your listeners that are in the position that we're in, that they do take 
that leap and take that journey, that adventure. Well, we always encourage our listeners to uh, t- to take the adults only leap. I think uh, our first cruise was adults only. Our second cruise was adults only. I don't think it was until our third or fourth cruise that we brought our son. It was our us. third. It was our third. I hate confessing that. I feel a little guilty confessing that. But well, I always tell Sam that uh, you know Nathan is eventually going to move out, and maybe not as soon as we would both like. But uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to be stuck together for the rest of our lives. So we better enjoy each other's company. I don't know. He he says he's going to live with us forever. So, <laughs> well, you encourage that. I think maybe just a little bit too much for my taste. But uh, yeah, and Gino, I love that uh, this cruise was a gift. We always say Disney cruises make great gifts, and uh, you know, anyone out there looking for a gift for us, we are a size seven night Eastern Caribbean in the future. <laughs> well, you start off with a bang, Gino, with a seven night Eastern Caribbean on the Fantasy, which is it's one of our go to Caribbean cruises. So great cruise to start with. Um, you mentioned your wife was apprehensive about going on the cruise, uh, you know, what, uh, what changed her mind, Gino? What, what pushed her over the edge? I think it, it, what she would probably tell you is that she, which really makes me feel great, is that she did it for me and, and, for, my, and for my love of Disney. And, and it had it, it, been kind of a hard year. And I, I left an agency that I've been with for almost 20 years. And I've all, I'd also, too, I'm, I'm a diabetic and I was diagnosed as a uh, an adult five years ago, and it's been a challenge. I'm one of these skinny diabetics that the doctor just said genetics just cut on, and it's weird. So I've I, I have moments of it getting the best of me a little bit, and so I think she saw it as an opportunity to um, pick me up and 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 charge forward. I've not been afraid. I've traveled quite a bit a, a, around the world from um, Australia and, and South America as a diabetic, but it's always been a little bit of a challenge. And, and so I, I think she saw it as a great opportunity to, you know, let's do something fun. Let's, you know, let's add some new things to our adventure list. So I think that's why she chose it. And, and I think she also, too, my brother-in-law was in on it. They had cooked this up. He was in. on it. So I think he told her that's the best. Let's do this. The best thing you should do is a Disney cruise. And so I have to give him equal credit. My brother-in-law, Steve and Jennifer. Yeah. So Steve, Steve knows how much you love Disney and how much you would like to go on a Disney cruise. And so he said to your wife, if you're going to surprise him with something, this is the thing, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, you, it, it's so funny. I'll, Steve is really busy. He's in the medical field and actually managed some of the COVID clinics in South Carolina. So he and I, I pass on um, YouTube stuff and I passed on links to your podcast to kind of fuel him during our quarantine time because both of us are Disney nuts. And we were able to go to, we went to Animal Kingdom and did a Savannah view back in May. And, and so that, so we, we, he and I do a lot of um, cyber hidden agenda stuff for Disney. <laughs> we didn't convince our wives to um, go along. With it. So yeah, and, and and they prepared us for this, uh, you know, they, which was great. It, it kind of got Jennifer over the hump. The first night when it, we get ready, I'll have to tell you the funny story about the first night of of my wife's experience because she, like I said, she'd never sailed before. We we got on the ship early. We made a plan. Steve and I, just like when we make Disney trips, at the six month mark, we either get up at the crack of dawn or whatever it takes to get fast passes or to get reservations. So we stayed up at midnight to do online check-in. And we we got the 1045 check-in because we wanted to get on board ASAP and book the rain the rainforest rooms. 
they they had done it before, but based on your podcast, we knew that those were now kind of an individual one group got it. So we wanted to get in and make sure we could get the rainforest room. So we got to the port, we sailed right through um, safe passage, and we were on the gosh, we were on the ship before it might have been eleven thirty or maybe a little before. And we that's had, great. Oh, it was like fast. We our I got the email at about 26 minutes after the test and we were ready to go. We, and and we just went right on and we breezed right through. Um, There was a little bit of a line, but it was nothing. And so we went straight up and I believe we were the first people to book at census for the rainforest room. And I will not tell you how many times we got it. It's more than one, but less than four. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we, we we booked it and then we went up to the top deck and and had some a, a toast. We had champagne and then the, the in a weird way it was like our trip was full of serendipitous moments. We then decided when it was time to eat, we went down to Animator's Palette to have sit down lunch. Steve and Maggie, my brother in law and sister in law, said let's go do this instead of going to the buffet and. And we were waited on by our uh, uh, fantastic server. Shout out to Sam. She and 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 Bagus. He they're both unbelievable. So the funny thing that happened is Sam was our waiter for that first lunch that we had, and and she kind of gave us the what was going on in the ship, and we talked about it, and we were just God, she is so neat. We really we clicked with her. And uh, what we didn't know yet is she was going to be our server for the whole time. Wow. We got so lucky. So we um, speed up a little bit and we show up for our first dinner and Sam looks at us and we look at her and she goes, you're my table. And we're like, and so it became, you know, uh, just an amazing, I don't know, interaction, relationship. Um, every night and the little special things that she did for us. And when we go into food, I'll tell you about one thing that she did that, that I just, I, I can't get over. It was so great. But okay, so we- G- Gino, that like never happens though. Uh, I, I, I don't, I have never heard. Uh, I think it happens more often than you think. You think we've never had it. Ha- we, yeah. We've never had it happen where I, I enjoy going to the sit down lunch on that first day. But as as listeners who've been on the cruise know, if you do that, you just get randomly assigned where you're going to sit for that lunch. And same goes for breakfast and lunches. If you go to sit down, you don't typically have your serving table. It's just kind of a first come, first serve. That's amazing because your dinner serving team is the same team every night. and You have assigned seating for that. So that's so cool to have had the same folks. It, it was really, you know, uh, me being a, a diabetic and the thing that I really appreciated, and you, you, you've all mentioned this several times about how they get to know you and they kind of can tune things for you. But it was hysterical I, I know, um, because my brother-in-law is an ice cream freak and y'all know that they have a Sunday every night. And Sam's goal was to talk my brother-in-law, Steve, into not getting a Sunday one night. And so... Seven nights of Sundays, but you know, we we developed a really fun engagement with our server and assistant server, and he knew our habits from our coffee after dinner and and our you know our 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 wine that we liked, and so it was 
Sam, you're right. It, it was it was a rare little weird coincidence that we were very, very lucky. So going back to Jennifer and her apprehension of going on the cruise. So her sister is all, she's an also she's a nurse. So both my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are in the health field. And the shops open. So I said, let's go shopping because I've always heard they could sell out. So we go to the the deck with all the shops. And Jennifer tells Maggie, she said, you know, I don't know what is wrong with me. I really think I'm going to um, pass out. Do you feel weird? And Maggie said, did you not feel that? That's the boat, Rock. And she goes, oh, my gosh, that's the boat. And she like <laughs> grabs grabs a display and they travel with the little pads that go on the back of the ear and put that on Jennifer and she never had another problem. And it, it didn't affect any of us, but for her and kind of that first time cruising, I think if you have any, I mean, I guess you don't know if you've never cruised before, if that will happen, but it, it would be smart to be prepared and thank goodness they were because we weren't. And that was the last, the last thing that, you know, that, that, that she really said about it. We did have um, pretty rough seas the first two nights the, going into the Atlantic. I didn't know about the thing called the Christmas winds, which supposedly happened around BVI. And um, we, we had some pretty, I mean, you literally, when you got up on the top deck, walking against the wind was rough. And they had to close off certain parts of the top deck because it was so windy on the second day at sea. Well, Gina, let's step back for a second. We always love to talk to first-time cruisers about their experience heading into the Disney Cruise Line Terminal for the first time or in getting on the ship for the first time, because that can be a pretty magical moment. And so let me just ask, what was it like stepping on board the ship for the first time for you? You know, for me, there was a lot of, I guess, anticipation and also expectation. I've, I've read so much and I've watched YouTube vloggers and then listened to your podcast. And it, it really still matched my expectation from the minute going through the little check-in and going going upstairs to get up into that area, we didn't have to wait really long. We were the sixth group called, but you know, I walked around and looked at the ship model, and we took our picture by the Christmas tree. And then our group was called, and we stood in line on the boarding plank and chatted with the cast member that led us on the ship. And then they, of course, there's the ritual of them calling your name, and you walk and you walk through the ship. And I, I will have to say that the the grand area that we walk into the ship, especially decorated at Christmas, was amazing. It was it was one of the, it was beautiful. Just the lighting and the Christmas tree and the staircase and the little show that they put on. It was fantastic. I filmed it and it was so funny because I think my wife was a little bit she was, you know, surprised. She was starstruck by that whole little experience of coming in. So I, you know, I, I can't imagine I, I still think no matter how many times I would cruise, that would still be a special moment. But as a first-time cruiser, it really is a special moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's just so much emotion that can be wrapped into that moment, uh, especially if you're a Disney fan. So, yeah. Um, well, Gina, what kind of stateroom did you get on board? We we got a veranda um, um, stateroom, and we were on the 10th floor midship. 10th floor midship, so right under the pool deck then. Yes, and that that we were... We wanted the ninth floor. I, I can't remember why Steve said, let's move back up to the 10th. Then we kind of regretted it. But I actually liked it because once I figured out 
where the, the cove was in the morning, I could get there for a cup of coffee so fast. So yeah, we were midship right under the pool and it, it was noisy a little bit early evening and then it was quiet. But I think that's really, like you said, it's maybe in the the morning when they're moving the deck chairs to set up the pool deck and in the evening when they're putting the deck, you know, putting a lot of the deck chairs away for whatever they're going to be doing, particularly if they're setting up for fireworks or something like that. But you also don't tend to be, you know, yes, there's a lot of people walking on the pool deck in the middle of the day, but I know most people don't tend to spend too, too much time in their stateroom. And so most people we've talked to who've who've had that room don't really have a lot of complaints, even if they might have a slight preference for being on the ninth floor in the same location. Yeah, I think we would look at that room again if we if we sailed on that ship again. I, I, I liked it location wise. I thought it was perfect. I could get get really anywhere to the gym. I could go to, you know, like I said, the cove, which I started doing every morning. I think I missed it the first two mornings. But then after that, I did it every morning. I was there at 630. So that was perfect. Well, we got to ask about dining, Gino. Uh, your first experience with rotational dining on Disney Cruise Line. So what did you think about the restaurants on board? We loved it. We we, we were kind of on the fence. Steve and Maggie have, have done um, Paulo before. They had, had not done Remy. They said, let's not do that unless we can get brunch. And we couldn't get it. Everything was full. And so we were, in the end, really ecstatic about the rotational dining. I know that other people I've seen on YouTube channels and things have have complimented, especially with cruises starting back, the level of detail and the quality of the food and in the rotational dining. And I would have to agree, it was phenomenal. And uh, uh, being a diabetic, there was a couple little twists in terms of I, I watched my carbs, made some little changes here and there. And so we loved it. Uh, it we, we loved it so much. So the sit down that uh, even though Steve loves cabanas and the, and the buffet, we, we talked him into doing the sit down breakfast almost every day, but maybe one. And, and so we, we became huge fans. And I really can't tell you which restaurant I like the most. I. I, my wife, probably her least favorite was Animator's Palette, but it was actually one of my favorite. It was one of my favorites. Yeah. So, so I don't, it's, it's so funny. I think she would say Royal Court was her favorite. I loved it too. And I, I loved Enchanted Garden. I thought it was, I, they were, they were all very special. And there's something about anim, Animator's Palette, maybe because it hits my sense of creative um, things that inspire me and Walt Disney and, my love of animation. And then the animation night when you draw your own character was just, just so much fun. You know, it, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I had seen pictures and I wasn't really sure what to expect. And it, it, in, in person, God, they do such a great job. There's so many little touches like the, the lighting and how some of the lighting would change. I believe it's in Enchanted Garden. There's some, there's some lighting effects. And it's just, it just, I don't know that that's the thing about it to me that I've always loved about Disney are, are the small things, the details of it. And the same thing with animators palette that the, some of the lighting in the floor. And then of course, all the little curios when you can, I walked around that space and photographed all the little elements in the bookshelves. And there's all these little models and things that, you know, a lot of times we just rush and we eat. And then we just leave. And sometimes it's great to just explore and walk around a little bit. And same thing with the murals. 
that I believe are in Royal Court. It's got the murals. Those are breathtaking. They're beautiful. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the beautiful thing about rotational dining is how they're each a little sense of wonder. And then when you throw in the formal night, and the semi-formal night for our cruise, and then it being Christmas, it just added a little bit of extra to it. So we had a really great meal, our last meal at Animator's Palette, which was the animation night. And there was a tuna sashimi appetizer, which is one of our favorite dishes at home. And so we devoured it. Some obviously made a note of that. And the next night we went to Royal Court and she said, well, I hope y'all leave room. I've got a surprise for you for your appetizer. And we're like, oh, that's cool. And all of a sudden she comes out with a, another order of tuna sashimi for each one of us. And she had got that plan that from another rest, the other restaurant, I guess from Animator's Palette to deliver that as another appetizer add-on. And we just thought that was an amazing um, moment of service. It was just fantastic. Yeah, that's a good tip and good reminder, Gino, for folks out there. I think we've said it before on the show, but if there is a dish that you particularly enjoyed on your current sailing or your prior sailing and it's in a different restaurant, you can check the menus in the Navigator app or the Disney Cruise Line app and see what dishes are available. And if it's available that evening in one of the rotational restaurants, you can have your server get it for you. And it's they, they do that all the time. The, the only caveat I'll give to that right now is that if for whatever reason they've eliminated a rotation or are closing a restaurant due to low capacity for an evening, uh, they won't have those items available to uh, to grab. But Gino, you mentioned you're diabetic, and I'm just curious, were they able to accommodate that fully in the dining rooms? And what was your experience like with uh, with that aspect of your cruise? They did. And I, I also neglected to tell you all I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> so that's, a, oh, that's, that's a, another, yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. So, but I eat tuna and salmon, white salmon, white fish. They did a remarkable job. It, once they were made aware of that, actually some picked up on that at lunch that first day, which I, I got, I'm stunned that she carried that through to that dinner when she realized we were you know, we were one of her families. And, and so they did a fantastic job. And Brian, I will say the thing for me as a diabetic that it's a simple thing that made my cruise is having an amazing sugar-free dessert every night. I was going to ask you exactly about those desserts because I've never I've I've tried one of them, um, but I wanted I've always been curious as to were they actually are they actually good? Yeah, they're fantastic. As a matter of fact, other than Steve, who had an ice cream sundae every night, we all got the sugar free dessert when it was like a chocolate mousse. And it was hands down everyone's favorite dessert that had it. So uh, Sam, they did a, they do a great job with that. I highly recommend it. The is trying the sugar-free desserts and I just for for me and the travel, I really appreciated it. And it it was a it's such a thoughtful thing to offer for anyone that's trying to cut sugar out of their diet or in a position like me with a with with diabetes. It's it's it means the world. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're on a cruise and the rest of your party is having a dessert just because you're diabetic doesn't mean you don't want to have dessert with them, right? I mean, I'm sure that happens when you go out to restaurants at home where there isn't a sugar-free option. And so you're the one sitting there with your cup of coffee and maybe your Splenda while everyone else is having, you know, a cheesecake or an eclair or something like that. And you're like, wait, where's where's mine? 
Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, you become a little bit, I feel like sometimes you become a little bit of a nuisance and, and it's, my wife is, you know, I know it was an adjustment for her, but she's a trooper and, and, and works with me. And you know, as a, as an adult, uh, there's a song, there was a song that I felt a kinship to that I had no idea what a car really was. till the doctor told me <laughs> what they were, I, you know, cause I just, I, I, I have Italian ancestry and I have lived off of pasta and those days are pretty much gone unless it's a day that I'm going to do a lot of exercise and I can eat a little, eat a little bit of carbs, but no, you're right. And I, I can't even imagine on a cruise ship, you know, in our case, a little less than 2000, but between two to 4,000 people, you know, what they, you know, how they develop meals and come up with something that really is a remarkable experience, no matter what an individual's um, health situation is and, and diet dietary needs. Yeah. And we, you know, we've talked to some other guests with other kinds of dietary restrictions like gluten allergies or, well, we've talked to other folks with shellfish allergies too. And, and we have found consistently that people with dietary restrictions or allergies uh, tend to do better in the sit-down dining rooms than in cabanas. Just from because otherwise you've got to order and wait for your food versus everybody kind of ordering and waiting for their food in the dining room. That was when we did we did lunch there, and that was exactly kind of what happened. I ended up going to Flows and kind of just you know a, a naked hamburger, taking the bun off and doing that type of thing because I couldn't really find anything. And then I I think through that everyone said, oh let's try let's do the, the sit down lunch, and that worked out better for me. You're I think you're absolutely correct. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new genie technology and everything. Like I, I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So Remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, Gino, I'm also curious, you know, aside from food and, uh, you know, what kinds of activities did you and your traveling group get up to on board the ship? Well, we, the, the, the other, the difficult thing about it with, uh, you know, at that time I was not a castaway key member, of course, cause I've not cruised before. So it kind of messed us up into getting things booked because my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law could get things before we could. 
And we wanted to do tastings. We love bourbon. We love champagne. We love wine. We love charcuterie and all that good stuff. So when we tried to book some of the, the things on the ship and we did late dining, we did the second dining, uh, we couldn't find anything that we could get. So we were a little bit limited in those things other than the excursions that we did at, at Tortola and St. Thomas. But we made the best of it. We, we saw all the shows. We saw Aladdin, Frozen, and Believe. And then we also were lucky that it was two new showings for West Side Story and Encanto, the movie. And we loved both of them. They, and so we did that. We ended, we did all the shows. We ended up getting hooked on trivia, almost won the 90s music one. That's something my wife and I are really into. And so we did trivia three nights and then we bar hopped a couple of nights. And that kind of you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Just the days just kind of burn. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure they do for you too. It's, we, we never really felt bored. We paced ourselves. And so we tried to have a little activity every evening and, and it was a combination of one of those things. And, and then of course the port days was a little bit different because it had a different pace to it. We enjoyed the shows were great. The movies, fantastic to get to see those, especially two brand new release movies. The the cast does such a great job with the activities like the trivia things. And we could not get in to do bingo. It was like full every night. I mean, I mean, the line at, um, God, what is it? The tube? One of the, it was insane. Yeah. Bingo is one of those things. I, I, you know, I enjoy bingo, but I will not under, I will, I don't think I'll ever understand. I don't know that, that there are some people who have to go to every bingo session and with the limited capacity in the, you know, in the different theaters and, and bars and whatnot, because of COVID restrictions, they, I, I feel like that is, those are the things that get filled up early. And I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. Did you, did you feel like you missed out because you didn't get to go to bingo? We, we not really, we, we talked about it and we said, oh, we, and then once we saw that it was such a, there was such a push for so many people to go there, we were like, oh, it's not worth it. And the other thing I meant to say that we did, we kind of, you know, did a lot of posing with characters and, and things and, and really toured the ship and enjoyed looking at the ship and the artwork and kind of tagging along with some kids that got some of the artwork to go alive. We kind of, you know, toyed with all that. So we we decided that it wasn't that important to do bingo, and we we're we're curious enough to where we found enough to entertain us. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, with those pictures that come alive, that's the midship detective agency, and I'm going to tell you that the next time you cruise, you need to do the whole thing yourselves. I don't care that you're not traveling with kids; it's just really fun. I do it every time with and without my son, and and try and go through at least. Well, right now only two of the stories are running. They normally have a Muppet story that hasn't been running since since the reopening, but it's just really a fun experience. Did you do any of the Disney like game shows or trivias? Because you're a Disney fan, so I'm curious as to whether you know it's it's actually hard to do well in those unless your whole party is a party of real hardcore Disney fans. But just curious if you did any of those. We we did that. We were going to, and you know, we were like the dog and up. We got distracted. Yeah, and I think it was, um, and I can't remember what it was that got us distracted, but we were we were going to do that, 
And then we ended up, the agreement kind of was, and a part of it too is with my wife, she is so good at music trivia, was to kind of do that. And we, you know, as a team, we were, we only missed one question. So we came in like, I guess we were like third or so, but those were kind of our, in our bucket. I wish we would have, I think Steve and I would have done really good with that. Definitely, definitely next time. You know, it it is, there's just so much going on. And if you do kind of want to lay back and let the crews come to you. And and you've all said this, Disney is such a, when you go to Disney World, you have to plan so much and you have to, you know, for rides and food and, and, and also some of that is structured on the cruise ship. But I, I really enjoyed how it, we, it was kind of in a way set up to where it came. We, we could we could decide what we wanted to kind of step into. I'm also curious if you went to some of the the adults only stuff in the evening hours, like after the shows, like Match Your Mate or some of the other kind of adult only game shows that they do in the usually in the tube area. That we we were going to do that and couldn't get in the one. Oh bummer! And so we and and again we got we went to we got distracted went to Ooh La La and did some pretty expensive champagne tasting one night. Yeah, that's not a bad alternative. <laughs> no. So so yeah, we we kind of we we didn't get to do that. It was we it was one of the things that we had marked. I had it down on my app, and then we we got kind of distracted, and then we ended up we would end up hitting somewhere where we could have a drink or something like that and just we we really enjoy each other's company and and that was one of the great things when you do go on a cruise with another couple or with other families it's 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 great i don't know it just puts you in a different position with your relationships and we just had a great time enjoying each other on a cruise well your sailing gino is also a bit unique because you actually got to stop in some of the eastern caribbean ports that we love with uh, tortola and saint thomas on your itinerary those Ports had been closed for a long time, and we haven't been able to stop at them as Disney has shifted a lot of their sailings over to Mexican ports at this point. So you had a brief window there where they were open and Disney was able to get in. So I'm just I'm curious, maybe we we'll start with St. Thomas. What was it like uh, stopping in port? And did you do any port excursions, adventures, stuff like that? Get off the boat? We, we did one Disney excursion, and that was this in St. Thomas. We in for Tortola where we wanted to go, that excursion was full. And so I'll, I'll kind of flip it around for you because it's a, a funny little story. We were in Jamaica in October for my, for my wife's birthday. So she gave me a cruise for Valentine's. I gave a Jamaica trip for her birthday. And, and that was um, Halloween. We were there in Jamaica. And we, the ladies were in the hot tub. And I went and pulled my laptop out. And Steve and I were looking at excursions for Tortola. And this guy comes up behind us and he goes, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude. Are you looking at Joost van Dyke? And we're like, oh yeah, we're trying to decide what we can do. And Tortola looked at us and he's got a hat on that said soggy dollar. And he goes, well, I catamaran Tortola every year. And so we ended up talking to him. He told us all about Tortola, Joost van Dyke, the one of the little small islands and the bars there, like Soggy Dollar. And he said, you've got to do it. And so that that excursion was booked. So we did an independent excursion uh, in Tortola, and we did the St. John's Champagne and Snorkel Catamaran to St. John's from St. Thomas. What a cool coincidence. Yeah, it was, it was I mean, it was just kind of a fun thing because he prepped us for it. He, and, and so if Y'all have not been. There's a couple of different ways that you have to get. You have to get there by boat. 
And the people that sell there is kind of a ritual. And I think Kenny Chesney wrote Blue Chair. His Blue Chair song is Yost Van Dyke in the British Virgin Islands. And so you have to dock and then you swim ashore and there's all these bars and little restaurants, little hideaways that are all like open air, tiki hut kind of things. It's really, really, really cool. And the famous one is the soggy dollar that invented the painkiller. It's all these really cool three and four bedroom catamarans that folks have rented or either they own that park in that lagoon. So in our case, we got we were able to get off in Tortola early and we kind of toured and shopped there for about an hour. And then it was time to do our group with a with a with a independent group. And and another really interesting coincidence of we we were partnered with another family for our cruise ship that also booked it. And it was a, a mom and dad with two adult daughters. And one of them is a cast member. She works in the marketing department, Yellow Shoes at Disney. So we were like, holy crap. And because I had interviewed there years ago. And so we we met on the little on the taxi over there. And, you know, I got to be a fanboy a little bit. <laughs> And talk to her about working for, for the company and marketing and whatnot. Yeah, my wife was like, oh, my God, will you please shut up? <laughs> but it was it was great. Uh, and, and we've since Facebook friends and Instagram and all kinds of things. So it's kind of it's kind of fun. That was a an amazing excursion. We we stayed. We got there that morning, did the in Tortola. We did. We had to get to the west side of the island. And that was by like a, a taxi limo type thing. And then we got on a ferry and we didn't, we thought we were going to have to swim, but they took us right to the dock. And then we got on a lo- another little taxi, which took us over a little mountain. And then you could see the beautiful harbor and it drops you right off at Soggy Dollar. And so we grabbed drinks and got food and laid out in the sun and snorkeled and got our GoPros out and watched people dive off those uh, catamarans and swim and get their drink on and then have really interesting <laughs> experiences watching them try to get back to their boat. It was hysterical. Oh, gosh. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, but I, I highly recommend it. It was just like the guy in Jamaica that told us about it. It is our dream now because we're also below deck fans to get like three or four couples and rent one of those four bedroom catamarans and sell the British Virgin Islands. My wife fell in love with BVI. And then it was really interesting because we then did the Disney excursion uh, going out of St. Thomas. And I will say it definitely was better. You know, we, we got lunch. We, we had a, like, a, like a lunch, like cheese and crackers and fruit, champagne, drinks. And just the way it was handled, the, the catamaran crew, they dropped us off in, I think, Honeymoon Bay. It, it's St. It's St. John's, which is where the sea turtles are. And so, so we were dropped off. Probably it was it was a pretty good ways from the shore. And so, my, my wife is a really good swimmer. She actually loves to snorkel, but she was a little apprehensive about not being able to snorkel from shore, and that we just have to jump out. But we swam and got over and snorkeled over to the sea turtles and. We were blessed with seeing octopus or squid. We saw stingray and we had a sea turtle hang out with us for a little while at eight and then came up for air right in between us. And it was an amazing experience. We haven't, I was going to say, we haven't done St. John from St. Thomas. It's something that we keep, you know, we've always talked about doing either through an excursion or just doing the ferry. 
and, and heading over there because we hear the beaches are, are nice. I'm curious if if you had, you know, obviously it sounds like you had a good experience, but if you had any sort of sense of were you happy that you did that versus just staying on St. Thomas and, and heading to a beach on St. Thomas? I think we were. I, I know there's a lot of, I miss the Pirate Museum in St. Thomas. And I've been, when, when I did my cruise in Colorado, we went to St. Thomas. And so I told them I thought we would, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and my wife, that I thought we would enjoy St. John better, that I remember going over there you know, on that cruise and it was beautiful. And so we all believe we made the right call. I think if we could do it again, we would try to get more time there in some way. My sister and her husband honeymooned there. And so they they told, we knew a lot about St. John's that we just didn't get to see and explore. And so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that when you do the cruise and you've got basically half a day, you're, you're going to have to pick something. And I, I think we did a, we made a great choice for the catamaran. The, the crew was amazing. We hit it off with one of the, the deckhands that we had some great conversation. She just moved there from Austin, Texas with her seven-year-old, which was like, what? But really cool. They actually filled the ship, filled two catamarans for that excursion. It was that full. So I would definitely do it again. But Sam, I think the problem with that is your time is limited. And from what my sister told me, there's so much to see there. It's just, and then of course, St. Thomas too. You can't, it'd be great to be able to get up high and look down over the harbor, which is, which would be, I think would be beautiful. And and so it's just one of those limitations of having a, a half a day in port that you're just going to have to pick something. And, and I'm going to go, we're going to go for the water every time over, you know, just going right into land. I, we've heard such good things about St. John. So I don't, I don't really think you could go wrong there. I mean, it, as much as we love Megan's Bay Beach, like I said, I, I just hear such wonderful things about St. John. And, uh, you know, our only concern was you got to take, you, you spend some, you know, more time on the, on the boat than at the beach and all that. So just cause it's additional travel. So that's why we haven't chosen it before, but I, I know it's something I want to do in the future. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, did you get to go to Castaway Key? We did. So that was the last day, which was, I, I guess it was almost kind of perfect timing for that. So that was the last day. And then the, our last night was, was the Castaway Key day. And that was amazing. That was our first time there. And we went to the adult side and then we biked over to the other side and kind of explored both. But it was it was great. But also, too, that was the day that we had the most showers. And so we had on and off showers that day. But I loved it. It was fantastic. I, I will say for me, I just I love the energy and the excitement of this of jumping off the boat in St. Thomas and then the whole thing of, of traveling at BVI. It was more of a casual, relaxed time at Castaway compared to those excursions. There was a little bit of excitement and the energy of the, of the unknown and being on the boat and jumping in the water and stuff, which is kind of one of the things that I, that, that I was excited about. So it was a great time and it was a chill and it was decorated so cool for Christmas. So uh, where did you set up shop on Castaway, Gino? We, we, made, we made our home base over on the, is the adult Serenity Bay? Is that what that's called? Yes. Yeah, yeah so it, we, we did there. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we were there. And of course, we had lunch over there. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I just remembered the funniest thing. I, I mentioned before, my brother-in-law loves ice cream. So 
we had lunch and of course he had one of the soft serve ice creams and we were sitting there on the beach at Serendi Bay and all, all of a sudden Steve, he disappeared. He comes walking back with another ice cream and my wife looks at him and says, I swear you have another ice cream in this woman who is a stranger said, give him a break. It's his vacation. <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> it was this joke of him and the ice cream. <laughs> but we, we did that. We rented bikes and rode all around and went, um, which was a, a blast. Went up to that little uh, lookout tower and then rode over to the, I wish we would have spent more time on the family side. We went over there to do some shopping and kind of look and see what they've got. I like what I saw over there. I like the adult side. I'm also, too, one that likes to kind of have action and a lot of people around and kind of fun to watch. And so I, I think next time we'll definitely hang out a little bit or at least half the time over there. I think, you know, I think the lunch is a, a slightly better experience over at Serenity Bay, but I actually think the beach is a little nicer over at the family beaches because it's just a, I don't know what the best way to say this is, but like it's a, like a longer beach. It's like a deeper beach, whereas the, you know, the Serenity Bay beach is quite narrow. And so there's not as as much sort of space to sit, even though it's obviously quieter and probably more relaxing for most people, for most adults, at least over at Serenity Bay. What did you think about the food on on Castaway? Because obviously that's a different experience. It's it's more similar to Cabana's, but it's it's still you know it's a barbecue kind of experience. What do you think? We loved it, and and being from South Carolina and Bart, we do a lot of barbecues, a lot of grilling out. It was familiar and felt homey and comforting. I guess a great way to put it. We loved it. We you know the thing about it, they're they're never going to leave you hungry. So that was. <laughs> That was fantastic. So that was a splurge day for me. So I enjoyed it. I actually, I think I had a hot dog. So that was whenever, whenever you can do a hot dog, that's that's a great day. <laughs> well, and I will say, I, I I don't think the they never leave you hungry is unique to Disney. For anyone who knows anything <laughs> about cruising, that's kind of a thing with cruising in general. If you if you want to eat, uh, you know, basically twenty four hours a day, there there's pretty much something available. So. <laughs> Well, it sounds like an amazing cruise, Gino, and, and a fabulous introduction to Disney Cruise Line. So uh, I think we've reached that point in the show. Where I'm going to throw it over to Sam to take it away for rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. Yeah. Okay. So Gino, I know you've listened to our show before. And so we're going to do our rapid fire round, which are just your favorites. And these are Disney favorites. And then I'm going to ask some cruise favorites. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Roger Rabbit. Ooh, that's an unusual one, but I like it. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? From my childhood, it's Pinocchio. Oh, nice. And and as an adult, Big Hero 6. Oh, yes. Big Hero 6. We love it. What was your favorite activity that you got to do on board the Disney Fantasy? The easy one would be eat. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, this, it, it's the small things. Um, the rainforest room was really, really cool uh, because it was, it, it, it was kind of fun. There was four of us, but I really got to hang out with, with Jennifer, with my wife. We really enjoyed laying in those sunbeds with the heat on, and it was kind of a blustery day, and, and that was a fantastic experience. The other thing, too, is, is getting up early at 6.30 and um, having the cove almost to myself for a little bit. 
And in those little moments like that are really the, the, some of my cherished memories. What was your favorite space on the ship? I think kind of the space that really surprised me was a little collection of the kind of the, the adult area where you walk through and meander through and going into like where Ula La is. I thought that was really, really, really cool. I mean, there's so many really interesting aspects to the ship and the theater is absolutely beautiful. But that that was really interesting to me because it was there was a lot of flow and energy in there. And, and I like that little area. All right. What was your favorite food item? The tuna. Ooh, yeah. What was your favorite stage show? I've kind of been wishy-washy on this. It, at first, I thought it was Aladdin, but I think, I think I'd have to give the nod to Frozen. But I actually like Believe, too. All right. Well, so it's kind of a tie or you like them for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, yeah, the, the thing I guess for Believe, which is makes that really interesting, is that they just throw so much at you with all the characters. It's kind of like it's like a buffet of every theatrical thing of Disney. All right. I'm going to change up my next question because you I know you already said you had a hard time picking your favorite rotational dining restaurant. And so I'm going to ask you Disney Parks or Disney Cruise? You know, it's, gosh, that's a hard question. The thing that I'm still blown away by is the level of service and the attention to detail on the cruise. It also, too, was so easy. And you both have mentioned that Disney World is is getting harder day by day. And now with Genie and Lightning Lane, and there's a lot. To, and I think what my wife would say, she would pick the cruise over Disney World because it doesn't wear her out as much. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate with that. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, you know, Disney world and Disneyland, I'll be out at Disneyland in November. It, it's, it has a special place in my heart. And, and so it's, you know, they're, they're just, they're two different experiences and, and thank goodness we get to enjoy both. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, now that you've been bitten by the cruise bug, my last question is bucket list cruise. So somewhere you would like to sail on Disney Cruise Line. It can even be someplace that Disney Cruise Line does not currently sail. Well, we we took advantage of the offer. So we, we put a deposit down. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're probably going to do a, a cruise on, on the wish. But our bucket list that we're going to do in 23 is the Greek Isles. And and so, but, but we don't know if that's going to, and you've had a guest on that talked about it. It's either going to be a celebrity or a Disney for the Greek Isles. Well, Gino, it sounds like a fabulous cruise. And, you know, my last question was going to be one that I think Sam already tackled, which is, would you do it again? Absolutely. And uh, put a deposit down. So hopefully we'll do a cruise in 22 and then probably a cruise in 23. Well, we will keep our fingers crossed that at least one of those happens, if not both, because we'd love to have you back on to hear about your continuing experiences with Disney Cruise Line, Gino. Uh, you mentioned off air that you used to do some marketing work and have a podcast out there and maybe a new project coming. You want to let folks know how they can connect with those? Sure. If they happen to also love Pirates of the Caribbean and some of that stuff of Walt's pirate and kind of tiki storytelling and stuff, I was inspired by that as a young a young boy and also growing up in South Carolina and being told tall tales by Blackbeard. And so I've always been fascinated with blending pirates and marketing, which I know sounds a little bit strange, but I, I have a podcast right now. It's called The Shared Ship. And it talks a little bit about my own journey uh, with marketing and diabetes and, and trying to find a way to help people find their community 
I kind of give some of my resources of what I use away, and that will be converting over to another podcast, Pirates for Good. But if you go look up the shared ship on iTunes, you'll find that, and soon it will roll over to Pirates for Good, and I'll continue some pirate storytelling. Love it. Well, Gino, once again, just really want to say thank you for taking the time to come on and share your experience with us, you know, and thanks for reaching out to us. For all of our listeners out there, Gino emailed us and we, you know, we say it at the end of every show, probably when you're getting ready to hit fast forward and move on to your next podcast. But we say at the end of every show, just email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you're interested in coming on. And Gino did. And here we are. So, Gino, thanks once again for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. And it's truly my honor. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Gino all about his fabulous first Disney cruise. These are some of our favorite episodes to do is talking to people about their first time cruising. So, and we love talking to our listeners. I'll say it again. If you want to talk to us, we want to talk to you. So just reach out to us, dclduo at gmail.com. We would love to have you on and tell your story. That is our goal is to tell stories of folks, real folks out there cruising on Disney and get their experiences and their thoughts. They don't always have to be positive either. So if you've got some things you want to say about Disney Cruise Line, you want to come talk to us about it, reach out, dclduo gmail.com. So with that, I do have another five-star review that I want to read on the air this week, and it comes from Chucky TN, who writes, informative and fun. We're not new to Disney Cruise Line, but it had been about 10 years since our last cruise when we found ourselves planning for our very maritime cruise last month. In seeking out resources to bring us up to date for planning, we found the DCL Duo. Podcast provides a wealth of helpful information in a fun format. Brian and Samantha are great communicators with a great podcast. Well, we super appreciate the review. Thank you for that. It is absolutely our goal to give you some real actionable information about Disney Cruise Line, either from ourselves or our guests. And we can only hope that we have fun doing it because it's certainly fun for us to do it. So thank you for that review. We really appreciate it. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on the air and connecting with you, our listeners. So head over there, hit those five stars, leave us a review. And thank you for everyone who has already done that. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Just browse to youtube.com slash dclduo. Or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We also have our website up now, dclduo.com. We have some blog posts over there. We have a store that has some fun little merchandise in it and much of it, if not all of it, is not even branded by us. Just some fun stuff we did for cruising. So if you want to pick up something, our commitment is that we will donate any proceeds from that store to charity. So head over to dclduo.com to check it out. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.